Shalom, this is Chazak Aliyahu and welcome to another episode on the Bible Truth Revealed podcast. Today we'll be looking into the question of communion. The Christian communion, is it scriptural? Is it real? Is it true? Should we take communion? This question has been asked of me by some brothers here and I realized that we had not covered anything to do with the communion directly before so here we go we are going to be looking into communion because this is an institution of the christian church that is so vital to them and many people believe that partaking of communion is their um is one of their tickets to salvation so let's go let's look at communion but first of all we have to state what Christianity really is. How do we do it? If you are a Christian listening to this, listening to us for the first time, you might hear us say some things and you might think we are crazy. But we are not crazy. We were once Christians. And because we believed in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Because we believe in that, then (laughs) that is why we are able to bring so many untruths to you, so many deceptions we are able to bring to you because we have chosen to prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And one of them is that, uh, do I go so hard at the beginning? No, let me just go straight to the question at hand, communion. Now, where did communion come from? Let's go to the etymology of the word because it's often good to find out where the word is coming from because that would not be the original word that was used in the Hebrew or in the Greek. All right, so communion. Etymology of the word communion, a noun. It came from the late 14th century. The late 14th century. But remember, Hamashiach, the Messiah, lived in the first century. So this word came from the 14th century, 13 centuries after Hamashiach. It means participation in something, that which is common to all, union in religious worship, doctrine, or disciple. From old French communion, community, communion, 12th century, from Latin communionem, nominative communio, fellowship, mutual participation, a sharing, used in late Latin ecclesiastical language for participating in the sacrament from communis, common general. This was taken from etymology.com. So it was used in late Latin ecclesiastical language. That means it was not originally used. Etymology.com goes on to say, used by Augustine in belief that the word was derived from com, with, together, plus unos, oneness or union. In English, from mid-15th century, as the sacrament of the Eucharist, 15th century. Remember, Hamashiach spoke the first century. From century 1500, from century 1500 
as act of partaking in the sacrament of the Eucharist. So, and it says also from late 14th century. So we see that this was not an original um, thing that was parting of by the, um, the believers. But where did it come from? And we go to bigthink.com, Molly Hansen. We're going to go to scripture. We're just giving you a summary from other people who have researched this thing. By Molly Hansen on bigthink.com. And she said, by the 4th century, the Christian church had established itself as the official faith of the Roman Empire through a successful grassroots campaign to dominate and almost exterminate paganism. But did it? In reality, the early church had to merge itself with pagan practices and beliefs in order to blend into Roman society. In the rites and symbols of the Roman Catholic Church, we can find surviving through rebranded pre-Christian myths, deities, festivals, and rituals. Yes? So she's saying that in order to get rid of the paganism, they had to blend in some pagan things into their religion of Christianity. Now we go to narchive.com and it speaks about the Eucharist. And he said, G.O.D. is worshipped today in Christianity in pagan form through the consumption of the Eucharist or communion as were pagan gods thousands of years ago. Little has changed and such pagan rituals done in the pretense of worshipping God is a violation of the third commandment of the Ten Commandments. The concept of the unbloody sacrifice originated in the ancient pagan religions of Egypt and Babylon. In the prophet Jeremiah's day, some of the Jews participated in these pagan religions as is shown by the statement made by the Jewish woman. This is in Jeremiah 44. And the woman said, When we burned incense to the Queen of Heaven and poured out libations to her, was it without our husband's approval that we made cakes for her, bearing her image and poured out libations to her? Jeremiah 44, 19. The cakes were the unbloody sacrifice that the worship of the Queen of Heaven required. Alright, so there we go. Pagan origin. And if you notice something, when they are taking communion, in the Roman Catholic Church, they take out a round, a golden-looking um, wafer, and the Pope would hold it up over his head. That's what I see. Because this article goes on to say, The shape of the Roman wafer indicates its origin. It is a small, thin, round wafer. The pagan Egyptian religion also required a round wafer as the unbloody sacrifice on Egyptian altars. The Egyptian round disc symbolized the sun. This round wafer is entirely different from the bread that was eaten at the Master's Supper in commemoration of the Passover. They went on to say, what Yahusha meant when it is recorded, he said, take, this is my body, and drink of it, all of you. 
For this is my blood of the covenant, as found in Matthew 26, 26 to 28, has been debated by scholars over 2,000 years. Yahusha spoke metaphorically, the blood and wine are merely remembrances of his bodily sufferings and death, which he knew was imminent, imminent sorry, when he spoke. The symbols are to prompt his followers to meditate on the events surrounding the Master's Supper, which was a Passover cedar and the soon coming crucifixion. So he's saying there what we are actually saying, or actually seeing, rather, that Hamashiach, and we're going to go to it in Matthew 26, Hamashiach, when he said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, he was actually speaking about the Passover. As often as you drink the wine and eat the bread at the Passover, do it in remembrance of me. But what did the Catholics do? What did the Christians do? They took it and they made it into their sun worship. Sunday. I think some places they do communion every first Sunday. It's in honor of the sun, people. Whatever they do is in honor of their gods. What does it say in Psalm 96 verse 5? All the gods of the nations are idols. But Yahuwah made the heaven and the earth. All the gods of the nations. It is the nations, the children of Edom, that brought us Christianity. Psalm 96 verse 5 tells you that all their gods are idols. So this communion that they're giving to their gods is in sacrifice to their idols. Because 1 Corinthians 10.20 tells us this. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 10.20 tells us explicitly that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. So whenever they're having their communions, their communions is to devils. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to Alua. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of Yahuwah and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of Yahuwah's table and of the table of devils. There we go, people. That is what they do. They take the cup and make it um, and, and sacrifice it unto their devils. Now, in the book of Revelation, now before we go to Revelation, let's go to Matthew 26, 26, as we were saying, to see exactly what it was actually speaking about. Let me go and switch over here. Matthew 26, and let's start at verse 1. And it came to pass, when Yahusha had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. So that is the context of Matthew 26. He was keeping the Passover. Alright? He was not keeping a Sunday um, communion. Alright. Um, let's go to verse 26. 
And as they were eating it, they were eating the Passover, Yahusha took bread and barak it, bless it, and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. But then again, here is where the Christians get their justification, always get their justification from Paul, from their misunderstanding of Shaul's writings. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, when Shaul was referring to the Master's Supper, as they call it, when Shaul was referring to it, he said in 1 Corinthians 11.23, For I have received of the Master that which also I delivered unto you, that the Master Yahusha, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Master's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the master unworthily shall be guilty of the blood of the body and blood of the master. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the master's body. What is he speaking about? He is speaking about the Passover. If you partake of the Passover unworthily, then you are in problems. Because if you go to the book of Exodus chapter 12, and um, when he was, the Most High was giving instructions for the Passover, let me go and see if I can find it quickly. And, um, Exodus 12, verse 43. This is what um, Shaul was speaking about. If you eat of it unworthily, then you are in trouble. Exodus 12, 43. And Yahuwah said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. That's what he's speaking about. So when he says no stranger, spiritually no, it means no one who is unworthy cannot partake of the Passover. He was not speaking about communion. He was speaking about the Passover. But every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. So what does it mean? In our covenant it is circumcision of the heart. No one can just get up and go and keep the Passover. They will be in trouble. And verse 40 it says, And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, 
and will keep the Passover to Yahuwah, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. That is what Shaul is speaking about. He is not speaking about the communion. If you are unworthy, you cannot eat the Passover. So in verse um, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 26, when it says, For as often as you eat this bread, this bread is the bread of the Passover meal. And drink this cup, this cup of the wine of the Passover. You do show the master's death till he come. That's what he was speaking about. He was not speaking about communion. Communion is a, uh, what should you call it now, opportunistic approach by the pagans to use this feast as an opportunity to slip in their pagan communion. And if we check out Revelation 17, it warns us against these people, this religion called Christianity. In Revelation 17, it says, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the Ruach into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So this woman here is a religious order, right? We're going to see. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. The purple and the scarlet there, it is speaking of the Catholics. Their bishops wear purple and their cardinals wear scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and this is the roman catholic church decked with gold and precious stones and pearls having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication now the catholics use this golden cup i think in the eucharist don't they i think so but i know one of their catholic rites the popes always have this golden cup that they hold up over their head this is them people this is Christianity, the false religion, the neo-pagan religion that rules the earth today. And what does Job 9.24 say? The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. The world's religion is Christianity. And upon her forehead, verse 5, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So this woman, the Catholics, were the mother of harlots, and the rest of the harlots are her daughters. What, what, what is the rest of her daughters? The rest of the Christian religion. These are the daughters of the harlots, because it was the Roman Catholics who gave us the religion of Christianity. The different um, things that were inherited from Christianity came through the Catholics, the name Jesus Christ, the name God, the Lord, the same communion, the Trinity, 
the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, baptism in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Ghost, um, uh, so many things, different things that the rest of Christianity inherited. The church system, the Nicolaitan church system, came from Christianity. All of these things were given to the daughters, the other Christian churches by the harlot. So when we speak about communion, we cannot just say, we cannot just say um, Christianity, the communion is wrong. We have to get the context of it. We have to understand that Christianity is a created religion that was used for world domination. And that religion is a false religion that worships idols. And because they worship idols, they embraced the different pagan traditions into their religion and masked it in the Hebrew scriptures. So we see the name, they put in the name communion. Remember, it was not used until the 15th, 14th, 15th century. And so when they brought these things into their traditions, then they translated the Bible. And by translating in the Bible, they made us believe that it is the gospel. But it is not. It is nothing but paganism. Nothing but paganism. All right, so that was communion. It is a false, false, false practice. And everything that was given to us by Christianity, it is false. It is actually what they actually did. They mixed their pagan practices with the Hebrew scriptures to mask themselves in there to have the appearance that they are the true belief that is in the scriptures. But that is not the true belief. The true belief is the way. Acts 24, 14. But after the way, which they call heresy, so worship I the allure of our fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. There is a way, and that is the true way of the scriptures. Christianity is a false religion. Communion is just one of the false pagan practices that have been embraced and syncretized into the false religion of Christianity. All right, so only hope that helps someone to get an understanding of communion. This is Khazar Aliyahu Yasharal here from the Bible Truth Revealed podcast on Jaw Radio, jawpodcast.com. Remember our 24 7 radio station, Jaw Radio, J A W R A D I O dot org. You can download our radio app from the Google Play Store. If you have an Android device, just search Google Play Store for Jaw Radio, J-A-W-R-A-D-I-O. You can check out our video website, justaword.tv, or if you want to study precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. If you want to study common um, doctrines, common questions that are asked by people, we have that on our um, justaword.org website. That is our parent website, justaword.org. And yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you all for listening and please share the Bible Truth Revealed podcast with someone. This is Kazakh Aliyahu. Until next time, Shalom. Thank you.